Oh, it's me, Maddie. I'm in heaven now. So sorry I died. I miss you so much. I'm happy here, so I'm not coming home. I miss so Why does she talk like that? However, no, she doesn't. What a, it's okay. He hated his dog's voice. <laughs> Welcome to No Truck Stops, a Pac-12 podcast. I'm Carlos at Equity Bruin on Twitter. Joining me as always, Nathan for you, Stan. Avery at Brave Grapes. I am not having a good time. <laughs> Craig at Bananamorphs. Hi. And Matt at No Pit Stops. This is the second time now that this podcast has introduced me to some internet thing that I'm not aware of. Um, begging you all to touch grass. Okay, Nathan Fielder's funny. Yeah. I don't know Did what you watch? the hell that was. No idea what that was. I didn't know what the corn kid thing was. I don't know what this shit is. I I did not. I have not. I have not watched Nathan for you, but they go viral on TikTok all the time. So I feel like I have a pretty good um, understanding of that show. I not know that one went viral on. T- I watched that episode. I did not realize it went. It's going viral right now because it started with when the queen died. Everybody was using that sound for the queen. And so it's been like trending ever since. But the queen died. Yeah. <laughs> wow. God. That's another damn, internet man. thing. They, they don't get they don't get internet over there in the farm. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we're back to talk about the first week of Pac-12 play. We'll talk about uh, that awesome USC Oregon State game. We'll talk about Oregon Washington State. We'll take a truck stop to talk about UCLA's move to the Big Ten and some ACC refs admitting some wrongdoing. Uh, we'll go to our picks. We'll talk about next week's games. All of that stuff. But first, please leave us a five star review on Apple and spotify we're still at 3.1 stars off 105 reviews uh like we said our goal is to get to 3.5 by november so let's see if we can beat all of the uh all of the dogpiling that we're susceptible to um thank you to all those who have left reviews we actually got a couple coogs uh, who are tuning in so uh so go coogs thank you for leaving reviews and finally we've got a ton of stuff on our patreon for y'all this week avery and i are gonna do some overreactions to the week's games coming monday or tuesday got to figure out the schedule on that uh matt and greg are going to preview the week five games those that always drops by thursdays at 5 a.m sometimes greg gets a little uh gets a little antsy and posts it earlier but usually it's at least by thursday at 5 a.m it's not it's never going to be later than that i hope uh we've got our live uh recordings of these episodes with our friends on discord <laughs> go ahead matt now just for that i'm <laughs> gonna make it later i think i think we're gonna record thursday now <laughs> just to make a liar uh, we'll be posting rebel, it actually next sunday i think just just to mix it up <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, see what happens after the games. Preview the games. Tell them what people should bet on. Sounds good. Uh, anyway, so all that stuff is on our Patreon. If you love the show and want more, go to NoTruckStops.com. Okay, so let's get into it. Let's start with a recap of all that went down in the Pac-12 this past weekend. Uh, the first Pac-12 slate, uh, full slate of the season. So only six games, thankfully, mercifully. 
First up, USC outlasted Oregon State in a tough, shockingly low-scoring battle in Corvallis, 17-14, to while Oregon rallied to beat Wazoo in a shootout, 44-41 to in Pullman. Meanwhile, Cal scored 49 points, its highest since 2018, uh, to beat Arizona, 49-31 in Berkeley. Utah beat up on Arizona State, 34-13, to allowing just six rushing yards from the Sun Devils. Uh, Washington beat Stanford handily, 40-22, to uh, off another brilliant offensive performance while ucla beat colorado 45 to 17 in colorado's best offensive outing of the season all right so let's get right into it let's talk about uh one of the two thrilling matchups in the pac-12 i think this one lived up to the billing in terms of intensity and excitement but it did not live up to the billing in terms of scoring usc beat oregon state 17 to 14 uh this game by the way the over under on this was 69 and a half uh very nice but they did not score that many points nowhere near it uh both teams actually gained fewer than 360 yards all game uh i think we all thought this was going to be a shootout definitely not the case in the end uh it was actually oregon state's four picks that cost them the game including the one at the end off a tip from linebacker usc linebacker eric gentry that uh sealed it for the trojans so there's a lot to process a lot to take in with this one so avery get us started what were your immediate reactions to Oregon State falling to USC 17 to 14. Honestly, I'm just confused. Like, I, I'm generally very confused by this game. Like you said, I don't think anyone expected anything other than a shootout because we knew that USC's defense was the weakest part of their game and Oregon State's defense was the weakest part of their game. Um, I will say I was wrong about Oregon State. I thought USC would very easily cover the spread and probably put up like. 20, 20 more points on them and that didn't happen i'm gonna just chalk it up to the terrible vibes of playing in corvallis um at night on the pac-12 network and i feel terrible for all oregon state fans because they were so <laughs> fucking close they were close that was a really raucous for that being half uh stadium that was that was it sounded on tv like a really raucous crowd uh, yeah, I, I I think I agree with all that. I'm gonna I chalk it up in part to USC's bewildering play calling from Lincoln Riley. Uh, clearly, the thing we knew about Oregon State coming into this game, their secondary pretty good, maybe very good, and their rush defense was was potentially a problem. And so, what did USC do? They dropped back to pass at least 36 times. That doesn't include the times that Caleb Williams was sacked, and that gets counted as a as a rushing attempt. Uh, so at least 36 times, that's, uh, by my count, equal to the number of times they ran if you include, include Caleb Williams' sacks. That was uh, a, a terrible decision. Uh, USC was not efficient at all in the ball they were incredibly efficient running the ball travis die had 19 attempts 133 yards that's seven yards or, uh, per attempt but uh if i'm doing my math here correctly it was only about what uh four four yards per attempt uh passing through the passing game and oregon state's dbs were all over those receivers jordan addison had an i i wonder if there's something going on with him in terms of um like his playing time or something but Generally, I think Oregon State shut him down. He was really quiet tonight, uh, and so was so was the rest of the receiving core for USC. Caleb Williams had to run all over the place because the coverage downfield was just so good. Um, and for some reason, USC just kept throwing the ball. So I think that was uh, certainly a big part of it. But Greg, what, what were your reactions to this game? Why 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 was this game so low, low scoring? I'm still confused. Like Avery said, like as the game happened, I tried to process what was happening. And it just didn't make any sense to me that the teams couldn't score on each other. I totally agree with you. 
it, Lincoln Riley is a big part of why the fact that they did not lean on the run game more when it was so successful doesn't make any sense to me. I don't get why. Uh, I get that Caleb Williams is supposed to be, and he is most of the time, a great quarterback, and you have great receivers, but that wasn't working. Your offensive line was not doing a good enough job to protect him, but they were run blocking well enough to uh, to do well. So that was confusing to me. I think one thing that this game showed us uh, about Caleb Williams in particular is something that I guess we sort of knew about him from his, well, at least something he showed last year at Oklahoma, is that Caleb Williams is fantastic against bad teams, but he does struggle against good teams a lot. And uh, I think he showed that because I don't think he was good at all in this game. I guess good job on the last drive to win it for for USC, but that does not that does not erase the rest of the game where he was just not good and he missed some throws that really really should have made. Uh, so I, I think it was pretty concerning for USC this game. And encouraging for Oregon State. Encouraging for the rest of the conference that yeah, USC yeah. was that bad. Yeah. <laughs> they can bleed. They can bleed. USC, uh, Caleb Williams uh, threw, went 16 for 36 and only 180 yards and one touchdown. Matt, what did you think about this game? Was there, what were you seeing that made this such a low scoring game? Were you surprised? Well, I just, I'm just so sick and tired of hearing that everybody knew that this was going to be a shootout. Um, stream no truck stops, please. That's uh, a good point. Matt sub- subscribe. Somebody on in the uh, in the preview episode picked the under in this game. I uh, can't remember if it was me or Greg. Got to think it was me. <laughs> I I definitely felt like both teams came into this game, and and I think that the play calling was evident in this where they knew that they (laughs) both teams felt like they couldn't stop the other one and that they needed to play ball control with the offense. Now, USC still definitely wanted to do that through the air, but I I think that both offenses were still trying to control the ball and were content to let the play clock bleed and try to keep the ball out of the other offense's hand and keep them out of rhythm. And in doing so, they prevented themselves from getting into any rhythm whatsoever. Um, Neither offense really at any point felt like they were making things easy or that they were able to just, you know, they had anything that they could dictate in this game. I do think that it's, it's definitely tough because I think that Oregon state just played a really solid defensive game. I think that their defensive backfield is legit. And I think that USC just lived and died with havoc plays. Um, obviously there was all those interceptions, but there was definitely plenty of times where if they could get Oregon state off schedule, with a poor running play or something along those lines, which Oregon State's running game was concerning in this game. That This trend that has been going on all year with Oregon State is definitely continuing. I definitely feel like it just, it, it was a confluence of like five different things that turned into this game being what it was. Yeah, it was a number of things. I think that uh, to your point about Oregon State's run game, this is now the the, I don't know. I guess if you're excluding the Montana State game, three out of four games to start the season where, I mean, their rush, their running game is not bad by any means, but it's certainly nowhere near what it was last year. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that Oregon State was able to establish a run, their offensive line was able to get the push and get the lanes and open up lanes the way that they did last year was extremely helpful. Um, and I'm concerned a little bit about Oregon State not being able to do that on the road. This is a home game, uh, and they still kind of weren't able to do that. Uh, I guess there's some credit there to USC's run defense for doing that, but this is really an Oregon State problem at this point um, with their with their run game being, being what it has been for a, a couple of weeks now. So... 
uh avery back to you we're here now at this point uh usc looks like they can bleed uh they were held to 17 points by an oregon state defense that i think we were sort of skeptical about we knew they had a good secondary didn't know how good they'd be against these receivers turned out to be very good their run defense is maybe not that good meanwhile uh oregon state's um offense is going through some growing pains usc's offense looked a little listless are you do you feel differently about like dramatically differently about either usc or oregon state after this one um i do feel a lot better about oregon state's secondary they looked really good in this game i think they were schemed really well and coached really well in this game too um so that'll be excited exciting to see as the season progresses but as for usc honestly I didn't think their receivers could be covered. I know Oregon State's defense is probably one of the better defenses in the conference and definitely one of the better defenses that USC will play, but I thought their receivers were too good to be shut down like that, and I was wrong. Um, so kind of makes me feel bad <laughs> about USC, which is a good thing in my opinion. <laughs> I also feel that way about USC. I sort of am feeling like, hey, they can win a defensive slugfest. Like, if nothing's going for them offensively, they might be able to do it. The issue is uh, they had to rely again on turnovers. And I am not sure, to your point, Matt, about the Havoc plays, they had to rely on those. They had, they've had had to rely on those a lot defensively this year. And we know, generally, except for maybe the exception of Washington State, that's not a sustainable way to play defense. Uh, turnover luck is real, and they are not. Uh, they're really living and dying by turnovers. I don't know. Are you are you concerned about that for USC? Do you feel like it doesn't matter? Are they fine? Worried about the sustainable turnover margin they're getting? So so it's unquestionably unsustainable. Like th- this is. It, it, there's really there's no argument for that. With that being said, th- this is not a. So like I think that we saw a lot of this. I know. I'm sorry. I'm gonna try talk truck stops we we saw a lot of this with iowa last year where their turnover luck was insane and the thing about that is that their offense and the way that they actually played didn't lean into that and and really give you any hope of that continuing um the way that usc plays where their offense is going to put up a lot of points and you go into that game knowing that you're going to need to throw the ball knowing that you're going to be in a situation where you are going to need to drive the ball down the field i do think that there is an aspect of that alone that creates a lot of these interceptions and and puts usc in a situation where they know that they can play to a but they can play a game that 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 focuses on the interceptions because you can't just play possession ball against USC. That being said, it is completely unsustainable. I do think that, um, that there's, there's absolutely going to be a scenario where if you run in hell, even this game, if they don't get half of those interceptions, you're looking at Oregon state winning this game by a couple of field goals without question. And so I do think that when you look at the long term of USC and, and what their season projects as, absolutely if if their defense can't stop a good Jaden Delora game right where he's not throwing interceptions that that's a losable game all of a sudden for USC when it talent wise and on paper it should not be at all Greg what about you do you feel like uh, are you worried about the are you also worried about USC's turnover luck running out at some point and is that gonna is that gonna cause them to to falter yeah, I mean, it's got to. I mean, a team just needs to run the ball successfully against them, I think, to really neuter their defense. Uh, the strength of that defense is the secondary, and I get that Oregon State is one of the is one of the run games that we've had the most faith in. And so the fact that they didn't run the ball well is maybe 
says something about USC's ability to defend the run, but uh, I kind of think against a Utah or an Oregon, uh, and I get uh, USC doesn't have to play Oregon in the regular season, but they might have to face him in the Pac-12 championship game, uh, and even a Washington. I think that there that's a real area that those defense that those offenses can exploit in USC's defense, and if they don't have to rely on throwing the ball totally like teams against USC have had to do so far this season they're not going to throw as many picks and I think they're going to really like have USC's defense on the back foot I don't think they're going to be able to you know feast this much I, I agree with Matt totally it's not sustainable no matter how good your DBs are and I do think that uh, USC has some good DBs it's just it, it's it's very hard to generate turnovers especially like that I don't think you can give USC credit for shutting down Oregon State's run game because honestly, we haven't seen it at all this Mm -hmm. entire season. Like, I had very high expectations for their run game coming into the season. I think everybody did. I was saying it was the best scheme um, in the whole conference, but it wasn't. It has not been there this whole year. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if Jonathan Smith sold out the run game in order for Chance Nolan to upgrade or what, but it's kind of bothered me that we haven't seen that at all because Mm -hmm. not a lot has changed like obviously they lost bj baylor but before then they lost jamar jefferson and bj baylor filled the role easily and deshaun fenwick is still a good running back and they have damian martinez so i don't understand what is going on with the coaching where they can't even get the run game going they did lose i think like two of their offensive linemen but yeah what were you saying matt i thought they only lost one uh yeah they lost a small amount but they did lose something mm-hmm. what, what did you got for us, um Matt? just per beta rank oregon state has the sixth rated offense in the conference and i think all of us would have said no chance in hell at the beginning of the season like i, I yeah. definitely think that just the way that they that we expected them to come into the season just be a sure thing in the run game has has absolutely not not come to fruition mm-hmm it's not materialized. Uh, so we're going to see. I think Oregon State's got some really uh, interesting tests coming up, especially this week. But did you all enjoy this game? Because I walked out of this game being like, that was, a, I, I know it was 17-14, but that felt like a blast to me. That game was like intense and, uh, <laughs> and uh, nerve-wracking almost the entire time just because I felt like these offenses were going to blow up and they'd get some yards. I don't know. I just... I was I enjoyed it a lot. I care. I guess we we can start with Avery on this. Did you did you enjoy this game? Like, was it fun for you, despite the low yeah. scoring? Yeah, it was fun for me. I'm mad that USC didn't cover because I picked them to cover. But I ex- <laughs> I think the reason it was more fun for me is I didn't think Oregon State would win, so they mm. showed me that they could actually play like that. And then when they didn't win, I wasn't super disappointed. Yeah. What about you, Greg? Did you did you have fun watching this game? Were you bored out of your mind with it being a low scoring? I thought the game was a blast because of the low scoring. Uh, like yeah. just the it just being so different than what we expected. It was just really really fun to watch. I think the the stress of a low scoring game is totally different from the stress of a high scoring game. You know, like it just feels like each first down is back breaking for a defense mm-hmm. because with the way it's going, you know, one score completely changes a game. And so that was that was a lot of fun for me. I really enjoyed it. What about you, Matthew? Did you like this game? You typically hate football, so. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Yogi Roth was on the call, so I had a great time. It was, it was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a fun game. This is I, I don't know the best Pac-12 game 
so far, I think. Uh, maybe you all have other ones, but this was the best one. And it was on the Pac-12 network. Uh, again, the best game of the slate, maybe the most important one of the slate on the Pac-12 network. But again, uh, to Matt's point, we got to hear Yogi Roth, and that was a blast. I know we shit on the Pac-12 network mostly because it's not accessible, but when they have their A squad on the call, it's like good production. Oh, yeah. It's it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they do a good job. I'm just mad that uh, people didn't see Oregon State. And so Oregon yeah. State deserves to be ranked after that game, I think. I mean, yeah. they should have been ranked before that game, but I think after it, even more so, you lose by a field goal in a very competitive game where, honestly, I think Oregon State was the better team. Yeah. You lose by a field goal to a top 10 team. You deserve to be ranked. And I'm, I'm mad that people didn't didn't see that because they don't have the Pac-12 network. It's one of those rare games where you walk out of it being like both of I feel I feel you feel better about both of the teams than you did coming See, I, into I feel it. worse about USC. Okay. Uh, okay. Cuz I guess I feel better about the defense, but overall if their offense isn't what we thought it was, that's a huge blow cuz I still don't think super highly of the defense. Yeah. Well, okay. Did you all see, by the way, that uh, this was pointed out by a bunch of people before the game, but uh, did you see that Oregon State put USC's marching band like in the far, far, far and upper corner still of, hear them. of the stadium? As you, everyone should. <laughs> I feel like I barely could hear them, and it was great. I like could hear a little bit of that one fucking song that they play every every down, like just a little bit, but because I wasn't listening to it on my headphones, it was background noise. <laughs> Um, so Matt, Matt, you're, you're for this. You'd think every Pac-12 team should be doing this. Hell yeah. You should, you should all, I don't, um, I like ticket allotments, everything about it. Like you, you're at home. You should absolutely put the opposing fans like in standing room only. You should absolutely put their band <laughs> in a fucking separate building. Yes. Like a hundred percent. I hate when people <laughs> complain about that shit. When they complain about um, traveling to a different stadium and they buy the allotted tickets from their school and they have to sit in the worst seats and people complain, I'm like, go online, look up the tickets, buy tickets that are in better spot. You don't deserve anything. Yeah, it's like you can sit with all of the people who are in the same fan base as you or you can get good seats. Like, choose one. Calm down. Pick a struggle, buddy. Uh, Anything else about this Oregon State-USC game? All right. Well, let's let's move on to another uh, game that I think uh, w- was truly chaotic. Uh, Oregon or Oregon State. Uh, Oregon beat Wazoo forty-four to forty-one. Uh, Washington State actually led for most of this game, often by two scores, but uh, Oregon rallied to take a thirty-seven thirty-four lead with about one twenty-one to go. Uh, Camward had a chance to lead to the Cougs on a game tying or game winning drive, but threw a really costly interception at the end that sort of cost him the game. This game was uh, very weird for many, many reasons. But Greg, start us off. What uh, what did you take away from Oregon beating Wazoo forty four forty one? That I still don't know what Oregon is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this game was was just as chaotic as we all expected and hoped for. Super, super fun to watch. I enjoyed watching this one the most of any Pac twelve game this week, including mm. uh, Oregon State USC, just because like it was on cocaine the whole time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> never knew what was going to happen. And Valium at the same time. I don't. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know. It was. It was really weird. It didn't make any sense, and because it didn't make any sense, it made all the sense in the world. But um, really, really impressed by Bo Nix in that game. Like, yeah, on the road, probably the best get best game of his career. It was. That's yeah. super encouraging for uh for Oregon. I, is it? 
Is it? We know he only gets two good games a year, and he's already spent those two. He's had three good... You want, okay, he's had three good games in a row now. Okay, three good games a year, and now he's out of them. <laughs> his, one, his one bad game came against the best team in the country. Maybe one of the best teams of all time, if it ends up coming down to that. I don't know. I'm, I am... Uh, I might be ready to say Bo Nix could be good. Against a good Washington State defense that oh, was pretty you, disciplined. You sweet summer spirit. Oh, God, you're adorable. Uh, see, that's... Oh, disciplined is not <laughs> how I would describe that Washington State defense. Yeah, no. Okay, it's they, are, it's, they are aggressive, and they are good at making up for what they lack in talent, and they don't do that by being disciplined. Like, I think there are a lot of opportunities to get big plays against them, and that's why... Bonix was good in this game is he took advantage of them and honestly the one interception he threw was more on Kenny Dillingham than it was on Bonix. They ran the exact same fucking play twice on the goal line except they made it even more obvious what they were doing the second time. <laughs> it was like begging Washington State to jump the route and of course Washington State jumped the route, pick six, easy. And obviously that's still on Bonix some but like what is Kenny Kenny Dillingham doing there? Uh overall I just feel so confused about Oregon still. Uh, I feel better about Washington State. Okay. I get they lost, but I I was impressed by the offense. And while I don't think Oregon's defense is good, I thought Cam Ward was pretty good for the most part. And it was nice to see that happen twice twice in a row, you know, over two weeks. Avery? I was just going to say, I feel like we're not going to be able to see a bad Bonix game for a while because they literally play Stanford this week, and yeah. <laughs> it's impossible to have a bad game against Stanford. And I'm uh, saying that with like Oregon the most vibes it. ever because I, I want to do <laughs> that shit. I hope, right. I hope they lose. They um, could not possibly have a bad game against Stanford. Never. Could, that oh, would no never way. happen. No way. Uh, yes, that's going to be very interesting. <laughs> you just caused at least three accidents in a car. Holy shit. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you're raring to go about this game. What is it, Matt? What do you got for us? So, uh, <laughs> I, are we ready to have a conversation about Dan Lanning or am I being, am I being too, uh, uh, am, am I not being patient enough here? Start, uh, really? start the discourse. Your, yeah. Start the narratives. Third down and red zone success rate. Atrocious. Atrocious. <laughs> For this Oregon offense, if you're going to sit here and talk about this is the bonix, the best bonix game of his entire career, like that is a horrible like you are in such a bad spot then because the second that they were in third downs, red zones, any sort of situation where the game got condensed, Oregon was in hell. Like it's, I. It, Washington State may be the best defense of all time within five yards of the line of scrimmage. I don't know that they can do anything else outside of that, but my lord, Oregon could not do anything once they got into tight, goal-to-go red zone situations. Um, I There's a lot of concerning things about what Washington State did as far as like early down success rate, what they were able to do in the run game. Both of those were really, really bad. Um, But this... I. If you're an Oregon fan coming away from this game and what your aspirations are for the season, you can't feel good about this game. You just can't. Like, I, you gave up a pretty much whatever Cam Ward wanted in the past game. And then, like, you're sitting here talking about a great Bonex game in which you couldn't convert on third down or in the red zone. Oregon should have, 
if Oregon puts in one of those red zone goal to go opportunities in the first quarter and doesn't throw that pick six, they should have won. I, I think the game script goes completely different and they win this game by 30 plus. And instead you're in this situation where like you should have lost this football game. I, I feel horrendous about Oregon out of this game. I feel so bad about Oregon out of this game. About Dan Lanning, I just, I want to say, I did like that. I don't think he has defensive coordinator brain when it comes Mm -hmm. to what? You're infinitely wrong. Keep going. Really? Go ahead, Greg. Go ahead, Greg. What were you going to say? I like his fourth down calls. I like that he is going to go for it. I think uh, he can read a spreadsheet. No way. Yeah, other defensive coordinators can't. I was impressed that he didn't do what the other defensive coordinators do. He's not Jimmy Lake, and I'm happy with that. The bar is on the floor. What are you talking about? That doesn't mean he's a good coach. I don't know. I just was happy that we're not seeing him do the exact same thing every other first-time head coach that was a defensive coordinator do. Emory Jones is to Jaden Daniels as Dan Lanning is to Mario Cristobal. I'm ready to say it. Did we just do body swap shit? Because I'm coming out of this game feeling better about Oregon. I like they gained. I don't know if y'all are looking at the fucking stat sheet. Oregon gained 624 yards. They for for the vast majority of the game they were doubling up Washington State on yards. Oregon should have won this game by more. It was Holman. We had meant we had talked about this game as a possible loss for Oregon, like preseason for them to come into washington state this is the first time that oregon had beaten washington state in front of fans in pullman since like 2015 uh for oregon to get 624 yards yes they faltered in the red zone those first red the three red zone opportunities where they just came out with nothing washington state i I think that was a lot of play a lot of it had to do with play calling but a lot of it had to do Mm -hmm. with washington state just being very disciplined and being right in the position they needed to be uh when they needed to be in those positions uh, I, I was I came away being impressed, not with just with Bo Nix, but frankly, again, red zone aside, I came away being impressed with Kenny Dillingham. Like it felt like <laughs> Oregon was getting whatever, whatever it wanted inside the twenties. Um, and this was <laughs> you're all are laughing. Go ahead, laugh. <laughs> no, this is great. Keep going. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> I think you're all insane. Time. I think you're nuts. Washington State, a team we all said should have been a top 25 team on the road. And it doesn't matter how you do it. Uh, and it definitely doesn't matter how you do it if you're doubling them up on y- in total offense. Uh, defensively, there's some concerns for sure for Oregon. I think we have to talk about that. Cam Ward had his big breakout game. Offensively, you guys are talking about Oregon being bad offensively? Like, fuck off. <laughs> let me talk. Let me talk. Because I haven't really said shit about this. Okay, I will on. say, preseason, this is exactly what I expected from Washington State. I did not think their defense would be very good. I did not think their run game would be very good. I thought Cam Ward would fucking cook. I said that all preseason. And now they have arrived. I think we built Washington State up as this good defensive team because they had a good a few good defensive games. One of them was to Colorado state who just lost to Sacramento state by like 30 points. So I'm throwing that out the window. 10 points. You talked about that last week. Let's talk about Wisconsin. Let's talk about Wisconsin, Carlos. Okay. All my conversations about Colorado state last week, were talking about how cam ward looked better than he did against Idaho, which I think was a fair assessment. Okay. Fucking Idaho. Washington State's defense was not as good as we thought it was. We knew they rely on chaos way too much. Um, that's what we get with the chaos Cougs. That's why I'm trying not to be upset about this game because this was the most chaotic game. And you know what? I said that. I said they'd be chaotic. 
but I am not ready to say that Oregon has a good offense. I'm not ready to say they have a bad offense. Quite frankly, I just don't really want to talk about Oregon. I don't give a shit. Um, (laughs) But I will give props to Oregon for not allowing a sack this entire season because everybody keeps saying that. And you know what? Congrats. I'm sure you'll allow a sack at one point, though. And let me be very clear about the Kenny Dillingham-like discourse. Like, great, you're using total yards. You're an idiot. Um, 8.1 yards per play. 8.1 yards per play. It's a lot of yards. Yeah, no, for sure. Totally cool. I, the players, so I, this to me, this game screamed like, yeah, you have great players and they're being used in the worst possible ways. Like everything for Oregon looked so fucking hard all the time. Like there was not easy plays. There was not easy completions for Bonex. Like this game, they offensively for Oregon, they had to try so hard for everything that they were doing. And I think that was evident in the red zone. I think that was evident on third down. And I just, it, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're actually saying that you're impressed with Kenny Dillingham. We watched That's different absurd. games because I saw Bo Nix getting whatever the fuck he wanted in between the 20s. Anything he wanted. Only in the fourth quarter. Only in the fourth quarter. Fuck you. Watch the whole game. Are you, you guys not watch this game. You did not watch this game. I'm convinced. Yeah, and didn't you watch this game on an iPad? <laughs> you oh, watched I'm this sorry. game on an iPad. I'm sorry, I can't, wa- I can't watch it on a 10-inch screen without having, like, absolutely. I watched this game No, I'm intently. absolutely going to shame that, 100%. Okay, okay. all right. <laughs> I watched both of the games that y'all are talking about, and that's why I'm confused. A, t- a team that got nine yards per, what was it, nine yards per attempt? 8.1 yards per, per attempt. Why why didn't they put the game away sooner? What the fuck was going on? I think you're I think there is some real concerns, and I've said this and maintained this red inside the red zone, a real problem. They only went four for eleven on third down, a real problem. There's some situational shit here. But like did uh, did we come on, none of you thought Oregon was gonna be gonna be able to hang forty four on Washington State. Did you really think that be real? Like be honest. Like did you think totally they were gonna thought get that was a possibility? Okay. okay. I had no I idea mean, then... what to expect. <laughs> Yeah, this game was truly hard to get a read on. I will me? give you all that's, that. Like, that's the problem, because I understand what Matt's saying completely, and I understand what you're saying too, Carlos, and that's why like, my takeaway from this game is I still don't know what Oregon is. <laughs> that's, yeah, good point. Because like, there were major problems, but there were also major things to be encouraged by, and so I'm just still really fucking confused. <laughs> <laughs> when, when will we learn about or- Like, I need to pull up Oregon's schedule. Like, do we not we will learn not about know Oregon? what Oregon is until the season's not- over? until they play utah like i don't like, even know if utah's good two years from now probably I don't know. yeah that's yeah, when we'll, yeah. once, Ken, once dan lanning has his guys then we'll know maybe um, maybe oregon and wazoo are just the spider-man meme maybe this is just the same team yeah yeah entirely same possible. Team. one entirely just possible. has actual talent <laughs> one has talent one has good coaching I, <laughs> I think it's embarrassing that Oregon has so much more talent than Wazoo and looked like this against them but if you're just if you're one of those just win people then I guess I'm happy for you I don't know what to say okay let's talk about Washington we talked about a lot about Oregon and, and very very fair that we have no fucking clue what Oregon is you can walk away, way out of this game being like fuck yeah Oregon's back or you can walk away being like oh fuck they're fucked uh, but Washington State do we feel better about Cam Ward he had a pretty good game up until very late uh, 37 uh, completions on 48 attempts 375 yards two touchdowns did throw two picks are you all Feeling good about him. I'm. I, I'm curious. Uh, we can start with Greg on this one. Are you feeling? Are you feeling better about Washington State's offense? You feel like Cam Ward's figuring it out. So on the one hand, that offensive line is so bad 
It's brutal. It's it's really not good. <laughs> On the other hand, though, I was really impressed by Cam Ward. Like, this is more what we expected to see. And yeah, he did make some bad mistakes, particularly the pick six to lose the game. But uh, I think we saw we saw what we wanted to see earlier. Like, this is what we expected to see out of him for Washington State. It was very impressive for the most part. We saw the talent, uh, and obviously we saw the production. And so that made me really excited for what we're going to see going forward from him. Uh, that being said, still don't know how Washington State's going to finish either. <laughs> <laughs> also, Wazoo's upcoming stretch is fucking brutal. They oh, get right, Cal. Yeah. They play mm-hmm. USC at USC. They go to Oregon State, and then they get <sighs> Utah at home. That's, oh, that's a rush. That's it's a rough stretch. Tough. That's shitty. Um, Time I to feel learn like, about Washington State for sure. I feel extremely yeah. vindicated because everything I said about Washington State preseason is now true, and mm-hmm. um, Cam Ward <laughs> is him. Like, yeah, the pick six at the end, it happens, you know? Like, it's not good, but it happens to everybody. It happened to Bo Nix during the game. Um, and I think he's kind of figured out how to play power five football despite being behind a terrible offensive line and not having any help in the rushing game. So I'm excited to see how he fares the rest of the season. What about you, Matt? Do you feel better or worse about Washington State? Better or worse about Cam Ward? Are you feeling encouraged? about? Do you feel like Washington State better than what you thought? Um, I'm definitely feeling better about Cam Ward and worse about Washington State overall. And so I kind of just net mm. out even, I guess. I, <laughs> this is this is a lot more of what we kind of expected, right? Where I think that like they can't run the ball. They they cannot run the no. ball. The, the offensive line is a problem. Yep. But they definitely make things really easy in the pass game. I think that the coaches are doing a really good job of getting Cam Ward in rhythm. And then I think he's capable of making the three to five plays that you need to be able to win a game. So if he makes those plays, they're going to win. And if he doesn't and throws a pick six instead, they're they're going to lose. And so <laughs> like, I and and I'm just generally pessimistic on chaos teams. So like, I don't. Yeah, they could absolutely. There's a story here where they go nine and three. I think there's a story here where they go four and eight. So yeah. they're very fun. I don't know how to pick any of their games, but they're very <laughs> fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, this is the exact amount of chaos that we expected, and. There's no way to evaluate that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Greg, I'll give you the closing thoughts on this game. Any thoughts about uh, Washington State? Or if you want to go back to Oregon, you can do that. I think the Pac-12 is just not that good. Uh, <laughs> I think there's going to be a lot of games <sighs> like this where we come away from Why it. Why do I just have to fight everyone all the time? I have whiplash. Hey, I, I've never thought the Pac-12 was good this season, and this week really drove it home for me. Uh, I don't... I, they, you know the Pac... You know uh, all the Pac-12 teams played Pac-12 teams, right, Greg? Yes, yeah, I what, do, but the, it also is the teams that the Pac-12 played out of conference continue to be disappointing. Imagine paying attention to truck stop schools. And so all the reasons we had for yeah, thinking why, Pac-12 why you, teams were good... Why are you watching those? ...got diminished, yeah. and that makes me sad. Well, you're, you're, you're pathetic, Greg, for watching those games, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on to talk about two blowouts from two of the Pac-12's top contenders. First up, UW beat down Stanford 40-22. to Another great game for Michael Penix, though not as good, I think, as some of his past, form- past performances, but still pretty good. Threw for 309 yards, two touchdowns. Um, and running back uh, Wayne Tulapapa ran for t- 120 yards off 13 attempts and a, and a touchdown. So good game from him. Meanwhile, Utah's defense beat the shit out of ASU as uh, Utah won 34-13. Utah held ASU again to six rushing yards 
six six like just one number one <laughs> digit six uh uh so yeah asu never really had a chance uh you could probably talk about some asu offense if you want uh, uh, some utah offense discourse if you'd like but uh two wins here over two i think very bad pac-12 teams from two i think real pac-12 contenders matt start us off who are you more impressed with UW or utah so i'm gonna be very quick about utah just because i think asu is that bad um utah hates arizona state like the six rushing yards that I'm guarantee you was a goal for the team to keep them under 50. And I think that the second that they went into halftime, it was like, I think they're actually mad that they give up positive yardage. Um, I, <laughs> Oh my gosh, they hate that team. It is absolutely hilarious to watch. Uh, Brent Keithy looks like potentially out for the season with a knee injury. Um, I think it might be a good thing for the Utah offense. I think Whoa. there's legitimate talent outside of it. And I think that there was a Brent Keithy problem um, for the way the game got called. Like the second he went out, all of a sudden money parks got used a lot. You started seeing more possession receiving out of the, out of the wide receivers. I don't, I, I don't feel great about it. Cause I think he might be like a top three offensive player in the conference. Um, and I think he is that good. And I, I definitely like, I agree with the idea that you take the best player out of a team like that can't be a good thing. But if you're a little over reliant on it, um, I think it could, I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued. And I think that that tight end group is really, really deep and I, I'm, I'm intrigued. So, um, I don't, I don't think that's as devastating as a lot of, as it felt in the moment for a lot of Utah fans, to be quite honest. Mm. That being said, um, y'all, Washington just has some dudes on the edge. Those wide receivers are unbelievable. Um, the contested catches that they are making is more impressive than anything a wide uh, USC wide receiver has done this year. Um, they are legitimately good. They are really, really good. Um, I'm very intrigued to see what USC looks like this week against UCLA. I will also explain that away if they blow them out as UCLA just being <laughs> trash. So like I just, I continue <laughs> to like have a really bad lens on UW. Um, but the defense just had Tanner McKee in hell. Uh, they were doing a really good job rushing the passer. And like, I think they hit him at least 20 times. Uh, was really genuinely concerned about Tanner McKee's health in this one. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, Two teams that I think it's it's kind of funny. I think that USC has like the highest variance where I think they are going to be the most they have the highest ceiling, no question, out of Utah, uh, Washington, Oregon, USC. Um, but I think that Washington, USC, and and Oregon all or Washington, Utah, and Oregon all are just kind of in this middle where I'm just I I don't really know what to think of them. I don't know if any of them have fatal flaws. I don't know if any of them have anything that is actually dominant. So I'm, I'm intrigued to continue to see that. That's what I take out of these two games. Honestly, is just where it's like, you're really good. And that didn't feel like a 21 point, you know, 20 point win, but also it kind of felt like you just dominated. So I don't, I, I, yeah. I do not know what to take away from these two games. Okay. So it sounds like it's a wash for you in terms of who was more impressive between the two. Um, that was my takeaway. From most most impressive thing, unquestionably, UW's wide receivers. Those those are dudes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Roma Dunze, eight eight catches, one hundred and sixty one yards, a touchdown. Truly insane. Jalen McMillan had a great game. Giles Jackson looked really good. Jalen Polk was quiet, and you just didn't notice it because I mean, Jalen Polk is their third 
second, maybe even best receiver. And Giles Jackson, Giles Jackson came in and just uh, looked looked incredible. They have a really good receiver room. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. They are a fun team. But uh, but uh, Greg, what about you? Who are you more impressed with, Washington or Utah? Of the two blowouts here. So uh, while these games were happening, I had UW Stanford on a third screen for most of it. So I didn't get as good of a view as I would have liked uh, of that game. That being said, I agree. The most impressive thing from either game was probably UW's receivers. Like just how well they how well they managed to do is very impressive, and how well they've looked each week. Uh, I think says something. They're just consistently great right now, and that is going to be a problem for other Pac-12 teams. But I do have a lot of thoughts on the Utah game because I'm a Utah fan, and I watched <laughs> I watched that entire thing. Uh, I want to start by saying that was by far Cam Rising's best game this season. He looked really, really good. The box score is not flattering to him. Uh, there were a lot of drops that just went through receivers' hands, and like they weren't perfect passes, but they absolutely should have been caught, and including his interception, that was... 100% Solomon Enos's fault. Uh, it hit him both of his hands, and he didn't catch it, and a DB did catch it, so uh, that wasn't great. But I was very encouraged to see him uh, looking more like the Cam Rising we saw from last season. Uh, that was great to see. And Arizona State is just so much worse than I thought they were. Their offensive line is the worst in the conference, except for maybe Colorado. Like... It, it hurt to watch almost like I felt bad for Emory Jones what he had to go through and I'm just glad he is like bigger than Jane Daniels so I don't think he's gonna break each time he gets hit uh back to Keithy though I really think that that is going to hurt Utah a lot against the better teams because I don't know if Cam Rising is going to Cam Rising and Andy Ludwig I don't know if either of them are going to be better about looking away for ti- from tight ends. I think Kincaid is going to get a ton of targets, and I think that uh, Yasmin and maybe Logan Kendall too are both going to get more targets than uh, they probably should because of this. I don't know if the receivers are good enough to really make this a net positive for the Utah offense. I'm very worried for what happens when Utah plays Oregon without Keithy. There's a reason we don't know why we don't know if the wide receivers are good enough, and it's because he Cam Rising always looks for Brant Keithy every time he has the ball in ball in his hand. So that's true. And honestly, like I'm way less. I'm more. I think we're going to learn a lot more about Utah this week. I think Oregon State's defensive backfield is far better than Oregon's, and and I yeah, think we'll we'll show a lot more about whether or not Keithy being out is a fatal flaw. Yeah, yeah. I I agree. I think we will learn a lot. I am. I'm worried, though, because Keithy was a massive part of Utah's dismantling of Oregon both times last year. Uh, They couldn't cover him, and they couldn't cover Georgia's tight ends either, and I get that Georgia's tight ends are better, but, you know, I think there's a pattern there. Like, Oregon doesn't like covering tight ends. Uh, And so not having him, I think, is going to be a massive blow, especially with just the other things that he can threaten with, like lining up out wide or rushing. Dang, it's it's really too bad that Utah doesn't have another white tight end that can catch any ball that's thrown at him and lines up outside. It's <laughs> oh, huge blow that there's not another guy that might be better than Brian Keith. Or like if he could run the ball a little bit, that'd be wow. 
<laughs> um, I do think Kincaid is better than Keithy. I think he's better than Keithy, but to not have both is going to be hard. Yeah, it'll be harder for sure. Um, I know I picked ASU to win this game, but I was in a silly, goofy mood and it was mostly a joke. I was not being serious. <laughs> okay. I did not actually think ASU would win. I fucking hate ASU. I'm sorry. I cannot be uh, neutral about this. I hate ASU preseason. I thought ASU was going to go 1-11 and and... You said 2-10 and 10, actually, so you, you might be right. Oh, because they play Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well... No, wait, no, because you had him going winless in conference play. You just had him beating Eastern Michigan. But yeah, two and ten, still, two feels and ten right. is in play. <laughs> two and ten is in play, and I feel good about it. And um, yeah, they are really fucking bad. As for Washington, Washington looked really good. I'm ready to say, am I ready to say? Yeah, I'm ready to say. It. Washington is the best offense in this conference. Yeah. Um, like I'm ready Carlos to say said, their wide receivers have looked better than USC's over the four weeks and that's mainly because usc's wide receivers didn't look good yesterday so it's it's yeah, a small sample yeah. size it could change um but i've been really impressed especially by their o-line they've only allowed two sacks this season and they're both in garbage time um so it's been it's been really fun to see washington good i think the conference is better when it's brand big brands are better and washington being bad last year you know what kind of sucked for the conference so They've been really fun to watch. Uh, I'm a Penix believer. I just am worried he's going to get injured, but their O-line's been really good, so maybe he can avoid a season-ending injury. Yeah, I'm riding Penix all year, uh, I think. I think that he's... I think that offensive line... One of the things we said about him is, is he going to be able to stay healthy if he's not gonna, if he's not going to get hit because that offensive line is protecting him so well? I don't see what the problem is. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think that offense is really good. I will say a thing to worry about is Washington's secondary. I think that did not look good against Stanford. I don't think it's looked good all season. But it's also really hard to knock them too much for it because their pass rush was really great against Stanford. Now, Stanford's offensive line, pretty brutal. Um, but, uh, but you know, they were getting they were hitting Tanner McKee. It felt like like matt said like 20 times i think the actual number was like 12 or something ridiculous like that behind stanford's insane slow mesh offense idea where they're just having fucking tanner mckee <laughs> hang on to the ball for like five seconds to make a read uh, behind a horrible offensive line turns out that uh having tanner mckee behind a bad offensive line trying to make five taking five seconds to make a read is not a good idea uh but uh, <laughs> uh no i think i think washington is uh i would not say a complete team but maybe the most complete team that i would not say again not complete but maybe the most complete uh in the pac-12 they've got great receivers i think their running backs are decent they're fine their offensive line is good michael Penix looks like the best quarterback in the pac-12 right now uh their pass rush is pretty good and the linebackers are fine but their secondary is probably shaky but I'm not sure that Washington is going to face much of a threat from their schedule and their secondary. They 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 play. Uh, they think they might play Arizona, and so those DBs could be tested there. But our Arizona's offensive line is trash, so like who cares? They play Washington State. Uh, uh, yeah, that's if we think Cam. Well, Washington State's offensive line is bad, so we'll have to see what what that's like. None of those teams have good offensive lines. Okay, mm-hmm. but if if Stanford was still be able. To- to shred those uh, shreds aggressive, but like they played fine against those defensive backs when Tanner McKee was on the ground most of the game. Like that's concerning. Sure. sure. I mean, especially since Stanford's Tanner McKee receivers hasn't are looked decent. good all year. 
Stanford receivers are fine. Like I don't I don't think they're bad. And also again, a lot of that was garbage time stuff. Um, you know. So still. Uh okay, well, it sounds like we're split on this, maybe. I don't know. I, can we get a definitive I didn't get a definitive answer from anyone about whether they thought Washington or Utah were more impressive. I think Washington was more impressive and I think it was like very clear. Okay. Because Arizona State is so fucking bad. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, Arizona State's probably worse than Stanford. We'll find out this next week because uh, they play each other. <laughs> <laughs> That's the singles game uh, of the year, I'm going to assume. There's actually one down there probably down the line that, that Matt might pick, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Washington was more impressive. I think you mentioned it. The, th- the big differentiator for Washington that I think makes them the best offense in the conference and maybe the best team in the conference is that offensive line. USC has better receivers and a better quarterback. I'm confident in saying this, but I'll allow it. their offensive <laughs> line is not even close to what Washington's is. Yeah. And that offensive line for Washington is going to allow the quarterback and the receivers to be a little worse while still playing better. If that makes sense, like less talent, yeah. but they'll have a better product. It yeah. makes them there's more room for error because mm-hmm. their offensive line is so good. Exactly. Yeah. And Matt, I know, said that uh, wasn't willing to pick, but uh, Washington's receivers were the best things of the of those four teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Going to be interesting. I, a matchup to look out for that I'm ready for is Washington's receivers versus Oregon State's DBs down the line. That's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be a really, really fun chess match, really fun battle back and forth. We'll see how also, that goes. Also, Chance Nolan versus the Washington secondary. Mm, very interesting. That's true. Although those receivers for Oregon State, oh, good, yeah. that's a bad. I don't know. Those, Man, those I feel uh, bad uh, about canceling right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tough, tough stuff. Okay, let's quickly talk about Arizona at Cal. Uh, the Bears hung forty nine on Arizona to win forty nine thirty one. Both teams went for a combined eleven hundred yards of total offense. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff to get to, so let's just uh, get your quick, quick takeaways on this one. Let's start with Avery. Avery, what did you think about this game? You feeling better about either of these teams, worse about either of these teams? I feel better about Cal. How'd they score that many points with Jack Plummer quarterback? Well, I know why. Jaden Ott. Jaden Ott was incredible. Jaden Ott <laughs> is the best running back in this conference. Like, it's obvious. He's player of the year. Offensive player of the year, yeah. I'm calling He's it amazing. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. He's carrying that Cal offense. Jack Plummer. <laughs> Is the 11th best quarterback in this conference, and he Colorado's behind him, so that doesn't say shit. Um, Jaden Ott's been incredible. Um, as for Arizona, how did Jaden Delora simultaneously have a good and bad game? He had 400 <laughs> so yards. He, did, he was he was bad. He was bad. They, All right? they, you guys do not need to say that he was good. He was not. He I'm was not bad. saying he was good. I'm saying he was good and bad. He did it at the same time. He could have won that game, but he also lost it. I'm really confused by Arizona. I didn't. Nobody thought this would be a shootout. I think we're all I did. just. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah! Uh, I know ball. I called the over. <laughs> <laughs> I was the only person who called the over. <laughs> I picked Arizona to cover because I am uh, wildcat pilled, and <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't even know about Arizona anymore. Greg, one take about uh, Arizona, one take about Cal real quick. I just, uh, you know, I know Ball called the over. Uh, Jindler, <laughs> not good. Uh, more confident in that than I was before. I think his bad games are too frequent for him to be considered that good. Uh, as for Cal, I uh, I may have been wrong about them. Uh they are they're, no, they're, say, they're say, impressing say, me. Say a little louder, Jaden Ott, Ott is a god. He is 
so incredible. And I think I have to reckon with the concept of competent Cal now because that's what they are. <laughs> um, I learned this week that Jaden Ott was an Oregon decommit. I guess I just never registered that in my brain. And that is fucking hilarious funny. to me. Yeah. Very <laughs> cool. Oh my very God. Cool. Imagine if you played for Oregon. That's so funny. Yeah. Would be wild. Uh, yeah. My takeaway is feeling better about Cal. I'm not down on Arizona. Like this is a tough game. I'm not, I'm not really sure. I'm, I'm totally out on them. Jaden Delora, I think looked worse when he was two scores behind and was just starting to sling it. Uh, but other than that, they were two scores behind because of him. They were not two scores behind. Because, okay, they were two scores behind because Jaden Ott had 300 yards of rushing offense, and they could not stop Jay, uh, Jack Plummer. Um, anyway, so I, I'm not out on Arizona. I'm not out on Jaden Delora. I thought his game was, if you averaged out the back half where he's trying to sling it to come back from two scores, and the good parts where they were where they scored 31 points and gained 500 plus yards to begin with. I'm ready to just average those out. That's fine for me, but whatever. We can go We can go back and forth. Cal could be competent. Might actually be competent. They might actually start the season 5-1. and one. I'm feeling a little bit better about them. I don't know if they'll have a good offense and a good defense in the same game. <laughs> but Dayton Ott is truly awesome. Uh, even before this game was uh, uh, putting up some real numbers. The only game he really struggled, with, uh, struggled against was against uh, Notre Dame on the road. 13 uh, attempts for 33 yards. But 19 attempts for 274 yards, 14 yards per carry and three touchdowns truly insane matthew Britson, one quick take about cal one quick take about arizona i'm just i you know there there is a mathematical fallacy about that goes into like math theory and everything about like avoiding a a, a sure thing and while we now are are certainly in a world where we live where we may need to talk to our children about a five and one california team um i am grateful for the work that was done where i don't i won't have to speak to my kids about a uh, about a five and zero, oh, <laughs> um, or a five or a four and one, or potentially five and one Arizona. So, um, we move forward. We 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 get to see if if Cal can <laughs> can force us to have a, a difficult conversation with our families and and really uh, really reevaluate where we're going with our society. But as of right <laughs> now, um, the, the tide has been stayed, and I appreciate that. <laughs> Good. Okay. Let's uh, talk about this last game. Let's not talk about this game very much at all. Uh, UCLA beat the shit out <laughs> of Colorado. There was another 45. game? <laughs> yes. <laughs> UCLA beat the shit out of Colorado. 45 to 17. Uh, Colorado looked like a below average to merely bad offensive team as opposed to a horrific bottom feeding trash can offensive team. Uh, but UCLA won anyway. Maybe that's telling of UCLA's defense. Uh, just so you all know, I went to this game. I think you all Grit. know that determination <laughs> uh i was at this game i had never hit up folsom field i'm trying to go to all the pac-12 stadiums it was beautiful i'm not sure if any of y'all have ever been but i think i've been to five pac-12 stadiums i've been to arizona arizona state stanford ucla now colorado i think colorado by far my favorite uh, of all of those it's uh, such a blast but uh have y'all uh, first of all any thoughts about this game very very quickly let's not talk about this game much and then also any thoughts about folsom field <laughs> UCLA's defense is bad. It's real bad. And uh, Colorado's defense is almost as bad as its offense. Uh, even with the new quarterback, uh, doesn't matter. Um, yeah, UCLA should feel bad about this one. Mm -hmm. um, this was this was harrowing, to say the least. Uh, and, and Colorado continues to just be a blessing on, on the paycheck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Avery. Yeah, this is a bad game. I watched it, but like I don't remember anything that happened, so <laughs> I have zero uh, thoughts. Yeah, probably best not to think about this game too much. <laughs> 
Uh, UCLA, we'll get some tests. We'll get to that a little bit later. All right. Uh, that's it for the six games. Let's, talk, let's hear MVPs for the week. Let's hear them uh, from Matt first. Among all the coaches, players, who's your MVP? I don't care that you wrote this in here. It's Jaden Knott, and that's there's cool. no further discussion yeah. needed. Jaden Knott. Yeah. yeah. No one else needs to be mentioned. It's Jaden Knott. <laughs> It's it's definitely Jaden Ott. Uh, he had an incredible game. Uh, looks definitely like the best running back in the Pac-12. It's it's really cool. I hope he can carry Cal to some wins. Have them give them a special season. I think he himself makes up for the loss of of Chase Garbers by himself. Jack Plummer, not a great quarterback, but not a horrific one either. So if he just plays net negative, like net zero, and Jaden Ott is there, I think they'll be fine. Uh, I I'll throw it in all. Jaden Ott had forty six fantasy points. And I was playing against him, <laughs> and it was fucking brutal. Uh, I'll throw in a honorable mention. Honorable mention. You guys are gonna fucking hate this. I'll throw in an honorable mention of Bo Nix. I don't care. He had four hundred twenty-six yards, three touchdowns, um, thirty-two for forty-three throwing. So I'll throw him in there. Uh, also, another notable mention is uh, Roma Dunze. Roma Dunze had an awesome game for Washington. Uh, eight yards, like I said, eight catches, one hundred sixty-one yards, one touchdown, uh, twenty yards per catch. So. Okay. One Let's, one final thing uh-huh. just on this subject. The best thing that I saw this weekend, I think it was on maybe the Pac-12 network. Somebody showed like a, a bunch of um, portrait shots of all of, of like nine quarterbacks or something. Um, can we talk about how like in the same picture, Bo Nix looks 13 and Jack Plummer looks 43 at best? <laughs> uh, I did not see that, but... Uh... But I, given their names, Bo Nix and Jack Plummer, I feel like that makes sense. Jack Plummer is a very forty-three-year-old name. The ba- name Bo Nix sounds like a a Utah name that like <laughs> a mom would give her kid in like twenty nineteen. Are we also uh, going to talk funny. about how like Bo Nix of all the things that he missed about Southern hospitality and food, it's Chick Fil A that he misses the most? Oh God! Yeah, oh, and he God. said, "Thank God for Chipotle." Yeah, please. Can we crucify him now? Chains, Bo. Uh, he's a college kid, to be fair. Uh, college kids have zero taste. <laughs> Sorry, Greg. So bad. Nice. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's let's move on. Let's actually make some game predictions for this week. First up, we have uh, Greg. How about you give us an update on the betting bonanza? Oh shit. Um. Uh, <laughs> Great preparation, Greg. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was a rough ball. week. It was a rough week uh, for me personally. <laughs> me, Champagne, Larry, Plain, James, and Guac all tied for the worst. That was rough. We had two out of six games correctly, but we had a four-way tie for best with Dewey, Matt, Andrew at Sun Butchers, and uh, <laughs> Free Taiwan. Uh, those four had four out of six this week. Good job on them. Overall, this is our worst week as a group so far. We went 50%. Uh, but, you know, first week of conference play, so that's fine. Always weird. Always weird. Quick, quick update right, well, on, the, on the top of the table overall. Uh, it's right, not yeah, important, is it? For the listenership? <laughs> let's I don't hear it. think. Who needs to know that? Uh, let me see. It's just hard to read this. Yeah, uh, who built this not sheet? Loading. Um... It looks like it's Matt. Matt. <laughs> yeah. Stream no truck stops, please. That's why I asked you to read it. Why you didn't even have to look it up. If Matt's asking, it's because he wants to know. He wants to hear you say it. I mean, I knew it was Matt. I just wanted to see if KG caught up to him. I'm still Greg's in second right place. Behind. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still in second place even after that week. Although, actually, I don't think the form's been updated. 
Oh. Interesting. Okay. All right. Guess we'll have that mystery for next week. All right. Let's talk about the games. First up, Friday night, 7.30 Pacific. UW traveling to Pasadena on a Friday night to play UCLA. Washington is a two and a half point favorite. Matt, who wins? Who covers? I don't. Who's injured? Like, what is this line? Is Penix not playing? The secondary. No, they, they have some of their secondary injured, but I feel like it, it doesn't matter. No. It's a Friday night road game. I don't. I'm going to pay the mortgage. I'm, I'm going to pay my mortgage for like the next year. I What in the world? You dub by three scores at least. Greg? UW is not stopping. I mean, UCLA is not stopping UW, and I they're not scoring every time either. I don't care how many Washington defensive players are injured. Uh, so, yeah, UW, and they're covering by a lot. Avery? Yeah, obviously UW's going to cover. I can't believe that DTR came back for this. That is so <laughs> sad. I feel so bad for him, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I think Washington will absolutely cover this. Uh, sure, UW secondary is bad, but guess what's really the worst thing about this game is maybe UCLA's offensive line. UW's pass rush, pretty good. Yeah, give me Washington by at least two scores. I would be shocked if they if, if it's if it's competitive. We have to talk about UCLA maybe being pretty good, but yeah, are we, we sure a graduate degree from UCLA is worth this? Are we sure for DTR? <laughs> uh, pro- it, uh, <laughs> yeah, not not for him. He's going to the NFL to make millions. So uh, uh, Saturday, 11 a.m. Pacific. 11 a.m. Pacific. Again, uh, on the Pac-12 Networks. Again, the best game on the slate is on the Pac-12 Networks at fucking 11 a.m. Pacific. Extremely <laughs> bizarre. I wish the Pac-12 or the media partners or whoever like had a good beat on this conference. Uh, anyway, Oregon State is traveling to Salt Lake City to play Utah. Utah, an 11 and a half point favorite. Avery, who wins, who covers? This hurts me so bad but since it's in salt lake and chance nolan made me concerned last week i have to pick utah i i don't think they cover i don't think they cover but i think utah's gonna win yeah i've got uh i've got oregon state uh losing this one i think utah i think there's a good chance they could cover though oregon state on the road might be tough if they don't have Musgrave, Luke Musgrave to help him out offensively. Utah's defense, we got to see what it looks like. Oregon State's DBs are really interesting, but you know, Utah wants to run the ball anyway. So give me give me Utah to cover even. Uh Greg, what about you? Who wins, who covers? Um It's tough. Uh I think Utah's going to win. If it was a night game, I would take Utah to cover too. Just because uh Utah's home field advantage at night is real good. Don't think it's that great during the day. Um, so I'll, I'll take Oregon State to cover but Utah to win. I think the USC game showed or that Oregon State has some real flaws, and I think Utah is going to be able to beat them. Matt, what about you? Utah, Oregon State, I, who wins I have covers? zero read on this game at all. Like, I can't uh, – Utah could win by 30. Oregon State could win by 30. I really don't know. Um, <laughs> when, it, when it comes to my pick, this is purely just – this is entirely informed by Oregon State away from Corvallis so I'm picking Utah to win I I seriously I have no clue what to do with this line anywhere between like 3 and 15 I'm not touching it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay makes sense 230 Pacific a game that I think has suddenly become kind of interesting Cal is traveling to play Pullman at Wazoo Uh, I don't think we have a line for this game uh, quite yet but I assume Washington State will be slightly favored, is my guess. I don't know. But, Greg, who wins and by how much? Oh, man, this is tough. Uh, this is real tough. Like, because on the one hand, if you pick Wazoo... No, I won't do it. I'm picking Jaden Ott to win because oh, he's a god. So, give me Cal. 
Avery, what about you? Washington State or Cal? Who wins and by how much? <sighs> you know what? I believe that Cam Ward is a much better quarterback than Jaden Delora and therefore will win the game, especially since he's in Pullman. And I think they're going to bounce back. So I don't think Jaden Knott's going to be able to make up for Jack Plummer in this game. So give me give me Wazoo. Matthew Hubertson, what about you? Cal, Wazoo, who wins and by how much? Yeah, I'm I'm also going Wazoo here. I I don't want to call this Sicko's game of the week, but I the, the defenses in this game might might be nasty after really struggling the week prior. So I'm I'm picking Wazoo. I don't feel great about it. Um, I think this one's going to be pretty ugly. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Cal. Um, I I think Jaden Knott might be the best player in this game. Um, and we saw what Washington State's defense looked like against Oregon. So I'm I, I'm not ready to bury Washington State or anything, but I think Cal Cal might be a little resurgent here. Okay, 6.30 p.m., Colorado traveling to Arizona. Arizona is a 10.5-point favorite. We know Colorado's losing this one. Not even going to ask that, but uh, but it's it's really about how much. So, Matt, does Colorado cover a 10.5-point spread against Arizona? Free money. Free money. Always, <laughs> always, always free money. Colorado is going Colorado's going for a platinum 0-12, and, and I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Greg, does uh, Colorado cover? No, no, they don't. Uh, Arizona's <laughs> defense is trash, but it doesn't matter because they're playing Colorado's offense. So <laughs> Arizona will win and cover, and it makes me very happy. Avery? I can't wait for Jaden Delora to have his good game um, against Colorado. That's just so funny and sweet. But of course Colorado's <laughs> not going to cover. Of course not. Yeah. Yeah, give me Arizona by like 21. That's going to yeah. be a bloodbath yet again. Uh, 7.30% Pacific, another kind of a snoozer. Uh, a- ASU traveling to LA to play USC. USC is 17 and a half point favorite. Again, we're all in agreement. ASU is losing this game. It just depends on whether we think USC is going to cover. Avery, does USC? Yes, yes, they're going to cover. A- ASU is so bad. ASU is almost on the same level as Colorado. It's getting close. Greg, what about you? Does, AS- does USC cover 17 and a half? Yes. Yeah, I think they do. I think they'll be angry, and that will be the uh, that will be the big thing. Matt, no, I don't think that Arizona State throws the ball enough to have seventeen interceptions. I think Arizona State actually keeps us within two scores. Okay, very interesting. Like very I think I think they score uh, a lot. I I think this is a barn. This is like I pick the over all of it. X validate top three running back in the Pac-12 for Arizona State. Emory Jones, a pretty good runner himself. I. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna pick USC to win, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Matt here and say Arizona State covers. Um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, finally, last game, another snooze fest, maybe. Uh, 8 p.m. Pacific. Oregon is hosting Stanford. The Ducks are 13 point favorites. Greg, who wins? Who covers? Oh, uh, like it's Stanford, Oregon. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to do it, but also. I don't think Stanford's good. That offensive line is terrible, so Oregon wins and covers. Blech. Uh, Matthew Hubertson. Sicko's game of the week. Oh! <laughs> Ew! Dude! What the fuck? <laughs> I don't believe this pick for a second, and that's why I have to do it. I'm picking Stanford. Ah! <laughs> oh, my goodness! <laughs> 
This game is so fucking cursed, but I'm like licking my wounds from my picks last week, so I'm gonna pick Oregon. I don't think Stanford beats them two years in a row. I don't I don't feel the vibes, but this is a cursed game. I was game ready for to sure. press it. I was ready to press it. Uh <laughs> yeah, no no yeah. bad vibes game this week. I'm need to recalibrate yeah, yeah. over here. Vibes <laughs> <laughs> oh, need this to be a, recalibrated. This is a fucking terrible slate. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna pick Oregon. I'm gonna pick Oregon to uh to cover the 13 point spread. Greg, what do you got? Uh, Oregon to win and cover. Yeah, great. All right. Well, those are our picks. That was our show. Uh, if you want more Pac-12 stuff to dive into, check out our Patreon at NoTruckStops.com or follow any of us on Twitter. Uh, all our ads are linked in our bio at NoTruckStopsPod on Twitter. But for now, that's Avery. That's Greg. That's Matt. I'm Carlos. This was No Truck Stops. Thank you for listening. And remember, there are no truck stops here. Not even one. Rumors still and thick with smoke. So thick it makes you choke. The crowd vibes in. The coffee's kicking in my patience. So everything said I'm lonely.